week 2.5 of my new job this week. Hey, how, how, how's that going? I mean, it's, it's going okay. Um, good. Like it's, it's road sales. So it's, it's fun. It's a lot more fun than my last job. And I seem to be doing okay at it. Like it remains to be seen because, you know, sales is a fickle beast. Um, but I mean, it's, it's nice to be driving around and like selling like disinfectants in the middle of a pandemic. It's like kind of a buyer's market out there or seller's market. Yes. Yeah, a good one for me. Don't, I, I, hopefully you lost in your position long enough to learn the difference between those two phrases. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't funny. Um, it kind of, it, it's kind of funny to dunk on you. Look, by the standards of this podcast, like it, this is yeah, bad. Yeah, like, fair enough. What, what are the what, what do we need to have? Like a tight five? Like do we need to actually prepare for banter? Nah, probably not. Because like Sam, the first couple episodes worth of banter was basically us sobbing into the microphone because we were so depressed, and I decided to put it, I decided to tack it onto the podcast because we make great decisions. Welcome to Garbage Magic, a Burkusatsu sub-podcast where we explore the best and worst of game books, and we find out which it's going to be as we turn the page. I'm Harry. And I'm Sam. And I want to apologize to my friend who shall not be named, or I guess more specifically to his workplace. Uh, you see, this week, his company instituted a new policy where everyone in their company, when they're making social media posts needs to make a disclaimer at the bottom that their co- that's their views expressed in the post are not reflective of the company's uh, views. And they also said that every post <clears throat> that contains their company's name needs to get managerial approval. Now... Does that... Wait. Yes. Yes, exactly. So every post needs a disclaimer that names their company, but by the wording of that, every post needs to be verified so every single post every single social media stance so private messages in facebook in theory would need to get approval and have a disclaimer now clearly this is a poorly written policy that they did not think through and so my apology co- is this why beep was posting a bunch of images of donkey genitalia on one for discords oh yeah yeah because in conversation with said friend, uh, it became clear that the best way to correct this policy would be to follow it by posting pictures of donkey dicks in a private chat channel and having uh, the disclaimer about their company underneath each image, which they would then need to submit to managers for approval. Well. So they follow the policy by sending their bosses huge huge stacks of donkey dicks <laughs> isn't it great agitating at work harry 99 percent rise up 
we we have a weird circle of friends. <laughs> and that person was almost on the podcast tonight. You were trying to get them on here. So that's the type of energy you're trying to try to gather here. Heck yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, uh, for this time, it's just you and me. And what we're doing is playing through the next book of Lone Wolf. Because we enjoyed it and haven't posted the last episode, but hopefully you do. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> let, us, let us know if this is just us boringly going through a game book. But I feel like we have some fun with it. Hey, I think this one. I think this one has legs, Harry. I think we could like uh, at a certain point compile all these sub podcasts and just move it on to something so it's not burdened by the weight of the rest of Rokusatsu. <laughs> we have we are our own albatross. <laughs> but anyway, so... Lone Wolf Book Two: Fire on the Water by yes. Joe Dever and Gary Chalk. Uh, so when last uh, we did this adventure, this is Adventure 2 of uh, the Lone Wolf series. Wait, I, Lone Wolf? Yeah, I, I posted a page that actually starts with a, a story so far. So, I mean, we could do that and then fill in the rest. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, these are professional writers. In theory, they should make things clear. But I guess, uh, should we kind of go over the base mechanics of what we're doing? Because there are actual mechanics. Or does it does it explain that on the page? Which I have not yet read, because well, I like, do not read it. As I just said, we can kind of recap the story, then briefly talk about our character build and stuff like that. Fine, fine. Okay. So, Fire on the Water by Joe Denver and Gary Chalk. Oh my god. I literally just said his name out loud, and you, you, you put an N into his name again. At least you only did one this time. Last time we called him Joan Denver. Oh, right, it's Deaver, not De- oh. We had the same conversation. And Harry, you know what? We're going to have the same conversation again in like four weeks. Every single time. In the northern land of Summerland, it has been the custom for many centuries to send the children of the warrior lords to the monastery of Kai. There, they are taught the skills and disciplines of their noble fathers. And their slutty, slutty mothers. (laughs) In olden times, during the age of the Black Moon... The Dark Lords waged war on the Summerland. Again, this was written in the 80s, so... I mean, don't not read into the color-differentiated evil versus good, but... Uh, I mean, just just remember, it's the 80s. The conflict was a long and bitter trial of strength that ended in victory. For the summer lending and the great, at the Great Battle of Mockingorge, King Ulnar and the allies of the Durador... God, why did I get this broke the Darkland armies at the pass of Moitura and forced, and forced them back into the bottomless abyss of Mockingorge. Vashna, mightiest of the Dark Lords, was slain upon the sword of King Ulnar, called Summer Sword, the Sword of the Sun. Since that age, the Dark Lords have vowed vengeance upon Summerland and the House of Ulnar. I I like how there's su- summon let. Some Somlending, Mackingorge, Fashna, King Ulnar. But then there's also Dark Land and the Dark Lords. Like, what one country didn't bother. Anyway, we are Lone Wolf, a young Kai initiate who was learning the secret skills of the Kai Lords. Two days ago, your peaceful country was plunged into war when a vast Dark Lord army suddenly invaded Summerland and completely destroyed the Kai Monastery. So great job being a warrior cult? All the Kai yeah, Lords. I mean, like, as badass as you, like, a trading are in all these sequences, you would think that an entire monastery full of people would be able to hold their fucking own. Yeah. 
All the Kai Lords were in attendance for the Feast of Femarn, and all were killed as the monastery was surrounded and destroyed, the walls collapsing in on the assembled company. You, the only Kai Lord to survive the massacre because you were alone in the woods as a weird social reject, mm-hmm. uh, vowed then to avenge their deaths. You knew your first task had to be to warn the king, for without the Kai Lords to lead her armies, country, Summerland, would be unable to mobilize in time to drive the Dark Lords back. <laughs> that says something about your country. Your journey to the capital was perilous indeed. The enemy had overrun much... Well, I... It actually was kind of a peaceful walk. You're kind of a coward. <laughs> I'm smart, Harry. I you did like. I mean, th- there was there was a point when children were being like menaced by a giant like sky lizard, and, it, it and I had left a co- them to die, and it I had, would do it again, and, and I probably book, will. The book even had a couple pages of you see it menacing. Do you wish to turn back or continue hiding in the woods and crying? And I continued to hide in the woods, and it was the right call for those children to die, Harry. Yeah. Anyway, continue. The enemy had overrun much of the country, and were marching upon Holmgard, the capital itself. But despite the many dangers, you fought your way through the capital, through to the capital, no, we mostly snuck and hid, and delivered your warning to the king's court. There you were greatly praised for your skill and bravery, but told uh, your mission was not complete. With the Kai Lord's death, there remained only one power, and all the and all of Megnamund that could save your people from the Dark Lords, the Summersurd. After the defeat of Vashna, the Summersurd had been de- bestowed upon the allies of Durnor as a mark of trust and allegiance that exists between the two kingdoms. Because that... That's how you exchange trust, by giving the other kingdom your super weapon that only you can use. Did we get a super weapon in return? Or is our is our kingdom just the worst, Harry? No, it, in return, King Alan of Durador gave Summerland a magnificent golden ring bearing the royal arms of Durador. So we got a nice ring. What the fuck? This ring is known as the Seal of Hammerdell. At the time, King Alan found that if ever the shadow of the rest should wind, should rise again to threaten Summerland, Durador would come to the aid of her ally. So that... Oh boy, that's that's mutual admiration and trust. A heavily caveated promise of unspecified aid. Oh, so Harry, if we're ever in charge of a kingdom, we need to like build a nuke, a single nuke, and give it to a shaky ally in exchange for an IOU. That is what is happening here. <laughs> what, a really fancy what, IOU. When you need this, we'll give it back. The king has given you the seal of Hammerdahl. Your quest is to travel to Durador to fetch the Summersurd back. But meanwhile, the enemy have broken through the outer defenses to the capital and are preparing to besiege the city wall. As Captain Deval of the King's Guard leads you to the Royal Armory to equip you for your mission, the king's words keep coming back to you. Forty days, Lone Wolf. We have strength to stand against them for only forty days. Damn, Harry, forty days. At you know, you know what that means, Harry. That means sneaking and running. No fighting. No saving. Sneaking and running. I feel like fighting would be faster. Eh. Than sneaking. Like, running, sure. Okay, running, sure. But, like... It also means, like, fighting uh, fighting civilians with horses, killing them and stealing the horses for the good of the kingdom. Well, looting is always acceptable. But, uh, so next page goes over the game rules, but basically... Is it still looting if, like, you know, there wasn't a fight to begin with? It's like, rightful salvage, dot dot dot, after blatant murder. Anyway, 
So the next page goes over the game rules, but basically we got a combat skill, which is how good we kill people. We got endurance, which is how hard it is to kill us. Uh, there's a overly complicated random number table that we're not going to bother with. Uh, instead, it's just a D10 roll. Yeah, it's just a D10 roll. Um, and uh, there, there's like a chart based on how good we are versus the enemy, like a comparison thing. Uh, so. Yeah, like the, the reason there's an overly complicated chart is that you're supposed to be able to play without dice. And so they just printed a fuck ton of numbers and you're supposed to just blindly point and pick. So uh, just scrolling down. If you have successfully completed book one of the Lone Wolf series, which we have, although we did die once, you will already have your combat skill, endurance points, and Kai disciplines, which you can now carry over with you to book two. You may also carry over any weapons and special items that you held at the end of book one, and they should be entered on your new action chart. Uh, and uh, through your experiences with book one, we've also learned new skills, and we may choose one extra Kai discipline to add to our action chart. <gasps> My god. Okay. So, quick recap. Uh, we went with the average for combat skill and endurance. So, 15 combat skill, 20, 25 endurance. Although it's 29 right now because we got a kind of cloak thing uh, that raises it by four. And uh, we have a axe and a sword. One meal that we don't really need because for reasons we'll get into. A scroll I think we got off of a dead uh, dark dude. And nine gold crowns. And our five disciplines are... Mind over matter, the ability to move small objects and stuff, which wasn't actually useful in book one. I'm not sure if we just missed the prompt or something, or maybe it's just a bad one. Um, mind shield. Know, it's still it's telekinetics. That's a god. That's a god skill. That's a cheat code skill. Yeah. Mind shield, which is protection against telepathic enemies. We did find a telepathic enemies because we did go to the graveyard. Yep. Uh, he healing, which admittedly is super useful. Like it, it lets you. Every time we go to a new page, we gain back one endurance, and also sometimes in the book we can heal ourselves or others. Uh, hunting, which is useful for kind of some uh, moving around in the wilderness. Well, no, it's no, that's tracking. Uh, hunting is, I think, maybe with the boat, but also we don't need meals. We can always just scrounge off the animals that we think we're friends with, but we don't have the animal uh, empathy skill. Yes, and we Our also. Friend. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, no. We think we have animal kinship. We think we have sixth sense, but we do not. What we have is a mind like a brick, just impervious on both sides. And we also picked up the weapon skills uh, discipline. And Sam insisted on picking spear for the weapon in, in uh, particular that we're really great with. And we didn't find a spear. No, so we did not. Our new choices are Camouflage. This discipline enables a Kylord to blend in with his surroundings. In the countryside, he can hide undetected amongst trees and rocks and pass close to an enemy without being seen. In a town or city, it enables him to look and sound like a native of that area and can help him to find shelter or a safe hiding place. Uh, hunting. The skill ensures yeah, a Kylord... We have it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sixth Sense. Nope. Refuse. <laughs> All right. Tracking. Uh, the skill enables a Kylord to make the correct choice of a path in the wild, discover the location of a person or object in a town or city, and to read the secrets of footprints or tracks. Uh, healing. Oh, you know what? I I'm going to say it's possible for us to pick a different weapon skill, but that's yep. just your call. I'm not going to, but it's possible. Right. Uh, Mind Blast. 
this enables nope. Kylor to attack. So, okay, if you're insisting on not picking some of them, we're going to run out of disciplines eventually. Well, I'll jump off that bridge when I come to it. All right. Well, maybe that's... my guy will get really good at maces and warhammers and daggers and quarter staffs, never swords. And, and animal kinship, which is the other one. So, animal kinship, mind blast, uh, tracking, six sense, or camouflage. So, clearly, any of the mind power ones are immediately off the table. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, so. I mean, you really like hiding, so camouflage yeah, might be good. Yeah, I mean, or, with. Or, or running through the woods is tracking. So, I feel like of our current personality, it's one of those. I mean, it's going to be the one this time and the other the next time. So, I think this time is more hiding than tracking. So, we're going so with camouflage. Go camouflage. Yes. Because I'm a Heidi, Heidi boy. All right, equipment. Guard Captain Deval leads you to the Royal Armory, where your green tunic and Kai cloak are taken from you to be repaired and cleaned. <laughs> We're stinky boy. Uh, while we await the journey, Captain Deval hands you a pouch of gold for your journey. To find out how much gold is in the pouch, pick a number from the random number table. So just roll on the on the Discord thing. Uh, is that in which channel is that in? It, it's in Ross family channel, I think. Is that not how we code it? No, hold on. Uh, I made it. Is it a dollar code. sign? Uh, the problem is I changed it around a couple times. Unknown command. Hold on, hold on. I'm looking it up. This is a this is a program I'm actively developing. I could just go to random.org and get one. Well, last time I did that, you refused and insisted on using the Discord bot. It would be very in your character to refuse the other way this time. Hmm. Random.com, isn't it? Was it random.org? I, th- I think it's random.org. So it is. So it is. True random. Min 1, max 10. Generate. 5. 5, uh, just... Harry. Perfectly average. So we get 5 gold crowns. You're tracking this, right? Yes, I have a Google Doc. I think I shared it with you. I'll share it with you Did again. you? It's been quite some time. Two whole weeks. Uh, on the large table in the center of the armory, a number of items have been laid out for your, your choice. You may take any two of the following. Sword, weapons, short sword, two meals, uh, chainmail waistcoat. Don't we, do we already have a chainmail waistcoat? Yeah, we're going to get one of those. Okay, so not that. Uh, mace. Healing potion. Ooh. Quarterstaff spear. The, the healing potion restores four endurance points to your total when swallowed after combat. But there's only one dose. All right. Um, so we don't need meals because we're hunters. Uh, and we don't need any of those any of those bullshit weapons. So I think I'm going spear and shield. Yeah, that's kind of reasonable. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'm a Valkyrie. I'm a Valkyrie from For Honor. Uh, but we do have an axe and a sword, so we'll need to drop one of those. Uh, sword. Fuck. Who needs swords? I mean, we are going to get a very different sword. Wait, what? We're we're going to get the summer sword. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to throw that out, too. Don't you dare. And it's not the summer sword. It's a summer suit.
So our combat skill, hold on, uh, just let me double check what the boost for weapon skill is. So our weapons, our combat skill is now 19. Not bad. Uh, rolls for combat, we can skip that. Levels of Kai training. So we are now an aspirant. Your mission will be one of great danger, for the Dark Lords and their servants are a cruel and fierce enemy who give and expect no mercy. Use the map to help you steer a correct course for the capital. Uh, make notes as you progress through the story, for they will be of great help in future adventures. Many things that you find will aid you during the adventure. Some special items will be of use in future Lone Wolf adventures, and others may be red herrings of no real use at all, so be selective in what you decide to keep. There are many routes to Hammerdahl, but only one will enable you to retrieve the Summer Surd and return to the Summerlund with the minimum of, of danger. A wise choice of Kai disciplines and a great deal of courage will enable any <laughs> chain player to complete the mission, no matter how weak their initial combat skill or endurance point score. The fate of your country hangs on the success of your perilous quest. Good luck. Mm. Sucks to be any civilians I run into in the woods. <sighs> so, next page. Now, now we'll alternate pages. Captain Duvall and his guards escort you to the Citadel Gate, where a small covered wagon awaits you. As soon as you clamber in, the gates are thrown open, and you are hurried away through the crowded streets of Holmgard. After a short but uncomfortable journey, the wagon stops, and the driver pulls out, uh, pulls open the canvas flap. This is the quay, my lord. Is that? Oh. It's uh, a type of ship, or a dock. Uh, there's your ship, the Green Scepter. As he speaks, the driver points across the quay to a sleek trade caravel uh, anchored near the harbor wall. It's a type of wharf. The first mate's name is... The first mate's name is Ronan. You will find him waiting for you across the square at the Good Cheer Inn. Then the driver bids you farewell and quickly disappears into the teeming crowds. You reach the inn to find the front doors locked and the window shutters barred. You are trying to decipher what to do next when a hand grabs your arm and you are pulled into the darkness. If you wish to draw your weapon and attack your unknown assailant, 723. If you wish to try and pull free from his grasp, 160. Your call, Sam. <sighs> I'm pulled into darkness? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Darkness is evil, right? Because this is the 80s. Uh, so that said, we, I'm a I'm a modern man. Trying to to pull away. I'm just gonna try and pull free. Like I mean, yeah, spears aren't really made for a close combat, uh, for close quarters like this anyway. So, yeah. All right, then we are turning to 160. All right. Forgive me, my lord. I did not mean to startle you. The man seems nervous, and the open hand that is extended towards you is shaking quite visibly. I was this some... close to stabbing you, motherfucker. Yeah. With some caution, you accept the gesture of friendship and sit with the man at a tavern table. The place is deserted, save for a couple of mice gnawing at a large chunk of cheese. Captain Kelman has instructed me to take you to the Green Scepter, but only if I am sure that you are the Kylord they call Lone Wolf. Can you prove your identity? You decide you must show your mastery of one of your Kai disciplines. <laughs> um, oh no, oh no. If you wish to demonstrate your kind discipline of animal kinship, turn to 203. We, we can't do that. Ah, oh, damn it. Uh, 
Hmm. I mean, the bottom... Okay, so it's... I can choose to demonstrate uh, healing. How would I do that? By stabbing myself and then healing? I Yeah, maybe. So the ones... Uh, the, the options are healing, which we got. Mind Blast, which we don't. Weapon Skill, which we got. Animal Kinship, which we definitely don't. And Mind Over Matter, which we do. We have... Wait, oh... Shit, we do have Mind Over Matter. Yeah, that's the one we've never used before. <laughs> well, let's use it! Turn to page 48. We're not just a Kai Master, we're an X-Man! Pointing at a jug of ale on the bar, you tell the sailor to watch very closely. Closing your eyes, you concentrate on the jug until you can picture it in your mind's eye. As you will the jug to rise into the air, you hear the sailor gasp in amazement. Turn to page 268. You are indeed a Kai Lord, says the sailor, but the astonishment on his face quickly changes to an unpleasant sneer. Or should I say, you were? Oh no! I should have stabbed this motherfucker! As he speaks, a door crashes open behind you, and you turn to see three harbor thugs advancing towards you, and the picture of them is pretty goofy. Like, first of all, look at the giant-ass codpiece of the guy in the front. Like, that's covering like a third of his body. Yeah, that's that's like a shield. That's like, you know, that's like a medieval shield that he's using as a bulged codpiece. Good on yeah. him. The, the dude to the dude to the right is like three feet tall. And the dude on the left is he's got a pretty intimidating stare, I got to say. Yeah. So uh, each is armed with a scimitar and you have no choice but to fight all three as one enemy. So they got combat skill 16 and endurance 25. We may evade after two rounds of combat by running through a side door. I know. I I feel like I can trounce these guys pretty well. We got 29 endurance. They got 25. And we're rolling at plus three on the table. So, Sam, do your rolls. Okay. Random.org. <laughs> I rolled an A, Terry. I don't have the chart in front of me. I do. Uh, they take 12 damage. We take zero. That's a good first roll. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... Wait, there's there's three of them, or are there technically four? No, there, there's three of them. Uh, so I guess we killed the little guy and kind of wounded the one on the left. The big guy in the center looks to be about half the total mass of like this entire group. So let's just say we killed him, like right in the codpiece, just straight through it. <laughs> oh, fuck. all right. If that's how we're doing this, I can roll again, weirdo. Well, I mean, it's right there, and clearly it's like a defensive piece for him. So why aim for the dick, then? That's extra effort. Well, I mean, I rolled a nine. Wait, did I just two-shot this group? Yeah. And, and you didn't take any damage. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert, time. at least early in the adventure, the fights are kind of easy, so you probably could have saved those kids, but whatever. Hmm. The sailor... Nah, letting them die was the right thing. Right. The sailor who claimed to be first mate Ronan seems to have escaped during the fight. Oh, so he's he's so that cod piece was ablative. <laughs> you quickly search the bodies of the harbor thugs but find nothing of value. Oh, However, man. you do notice that each of them has a tattoo of a serpent on their left wrist. Whoever sent them to kill you must already know of the importance of your quest. You leave the tavern by the side door and discover the dead body of a sailor lying beneath some stairs. Inside the collar of his bloodstained jacket is a tame. Is a tank bearing the name Rodin. Oh, his mother made him that jacket. Have a good 
good sailing out there fighting the Dark Lords. Alright, this is the real Rodin. He's been murdered. Cover the body and turn towards the quay, where the Green Scepter is anchored about 300 yards from the harbor wall. If you wish to use one of the many small boats are coracles? What what are coracles? The author is just flexing at this point. A small, rounded, lightweight boat. Like, because that's a funny word, and I probably want to use it, but I need to know what the fuck it is. Oh, it's it's like a it's like half of a barrel that you just get like a paddle and paddle around it. That is adorable. It's a kiddie pool. (laughs) That's you. Dude, you wish to have a jaunty tune to yourself as you bounce around in a little little duck boat. Go to 300. Or if you want to hunt down the imposter who pretended to be Ronin, turn to 67. I mean, there's only one of them. Like, I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, the odds are overwhelmingly in my favor if I try and hunt him down. I think that's the right thing to... Mm. Yes, no one is in danger. Uh, I am not in danger, so murder is the right choice. So let's hunt down that imposter. 67 it is. You quickly deduce that the imposter must have escaped by the main entrance to the tavern. And if he is still in the harbor area, he must be around the main square. You search the building and alleyway around the square, but there is no sign of him at all. Rather than waste more time in a fruitless search, you return to the quayside and untie a small coracle from its mooring. As you row towards the green scepter, you begin to feel uneasy that so early on your mission, your enemies seem already to have found you. Turn to page three. Okay, okay, so that was just a page of nothing. I've been reading a lot. Can you do the next one? As you paddle towards the sleek trade caravel, you notice uh, to your surprise that the boarding ladder is being pulled up. A mean-looking sailor leans over the gunwale and curses at you. He seems to think you are a refugee trying to stow away on board. But when you shout that you are a lone wolf and you are ambushed by an imposter at the tavern, the ladder is soon lowered again. As you climb over the side of the ship, you are met by a tall man. In a gold-braided uniform, his face is almost totally covered in a shock of bright red hair and a bright red beard. Hold anchor, he boobs. The crew spring into action, as if their very lives depended on it. Uh, the captain ushers you below to his cabin, where he pours two glasses of Wanlo, a strong spirit. His face shows concern as you tell him what happened. There's evil treachery at work, and the enemy has already plans afoot to thwart your quest, he begins when you've told your tale. It seems that you have lost the element of surprise, and I have lost a courageous first mate. Let us only hope that the voyage to Durana is swift and safe. You leave him to go up on deck just in time to see the outline of Holmgard on the horizon. With mixed feelings of pride and apprehension, you descend the stairway to your cabin as the last spire of the capital disappears from view. That's a very fast ship. <sighs> Pick a number from the random ta- Okay, so now it's just up to R and Jesus uh, how the first leg of our journey goes. Yeah, there's some random encounters. Uh, five options, so zero to one... Uh, two to three, etc. All right, and we generate ten. Ten, Harry, which I suppose is zero. The following morning, you are woken by the cry of seagulls as they wheel and soar above the clipper. The wind is strong and it fills the sails. You breakfast with Captain Kelman, who is in better spirits than the previous day. He tells you that the Green Scepter is making good speed and should arrive at Port Bax, the main Durney seaport, within a week. Suddenly, you hear a cry from the crow's nest. Land off the port bow! Land to port! 
you and the captain climb up on deck and brace yourselves against the fresh sea breeze. That's Bannon, the southernmost island of the Kirlinden chain, says the captain, pointing towards the sharp rocky coastline in the distance. Wreck point, the traders call it. Many <laughs> ship has ended her days upon those granite teeth. We probably shouldn't good be thing- this close. Yeah, good thing we're not going there, huh? Huh? Right. Captain Kelman hands you an ornate telescope with which to take a closer look. The sharp rocks are festooned with the splintered skeletons of ships that have run aground or were dashed against the shore in a storm. He stared fascinated and fascination at their shattered hulls, uh, imagining the terrifying scenes of their destruction. Then, suddenly, high above the pinnacles of stone hovers a black shadow, like a small rain cloud. It seems to be moving towards you. Suddenly you realize what the cloud really is. It's a swarm of large, it's land beast, and possibly some cran. The alarm is shouted along the deck. Prepare for battle! If you wish to stay on deck, ride your weapon and turn to 146. If you wish to return to your cabin, turn to 54. <laughs> um, I feel like this is a situation where running isn't an option. It's not a real option, so let's fight. Turn to page 146. You were right. The cloud is made of a huge Zlan beast and many Kron, a smaller species, but one that is just as deadly. Hanging below their black bellies are nets full of gyasks. As the Zalan beasts descend onto the green septa, a net of shrieking gyasks crashes onto the deck behind you. Some are crushed in the fall, but many more have survived and waste no time attacking you. You must fight them as one enemy. Now, <laughs> Harry, what the just, fuck? Like, they're just airdropping like bags of orcs onto the ship. Not just that, but like... The... The Dark Lords seem to have way more resources, like, way more just avenues. Like, what? why haven't they won? Like, why, why is this a contest? Like, they were able to wipe out the elite defenders of this entire kingdom in a single go, fast enough that a guy said to get some wood, you know, came back and, like, it was already done. You went to get cigarettes and you came back and your entire kind was destroyed. I don't know, but they got... Weapon skill 15, so we got plus 4, and they only have 15 endurance, so... So if I roll well, I one-shot them. Uh, yeah, if you get a 0, then you will one-shot them. Alright, let's get a 0. Rolling! That is not a 0, it is in fact a 5. With a 5, they take 9 damage, and we take 2. Okay. And next round, I rolled... A four, which is even further than a zero than the last number that I rolled. They take eight damage and we take two. Uh, so they die. They die and we're at like 29. 25. Endured, or 25. But I mean, we're also because we have healing, we'll we'll heal as soon as we as soon as we tur- turn the page. So we go to 345. 345 it is. A fierce battle now rages throughout the ship as the evil Giasks fight to win control of the Green Scepter. Perched high the masts, the Kron are rending the sails with their talons and razor-sharp teeth, whilst the Zlan beast have flown back towards the wreck point to pick up more nests of malicious gyasks. Get some more bags of orcs! <laughs> Through the body-strewn decks, a menacing shape lubes. Both gyasks and sailors are cut down by the creature as it advances towards you. It is a Drakar, a cruel warrior of the Dark Lords. Raising his jet-black broadsword, he attacks and you must fight him to the death. I, I'm i not saying this is a terrible plan, but I do think they could just drop rocks. Like it's a boat. 
Yeah, or like fire, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or rocks on fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, or or rocks and fire and tr- like, if if your entire plan revolves around stopping this one specific boat, pull out all the fucking stops, right? All right. Well, another battle. Uh, I got the stats written down, so roll it. Okay. We're at plus three. We're plus three. Endurance twenty four. So. Much harder battle than the previous one. Rolling. I rolled a three. The numbers are going the wrong way. Uh, they take seven. We take three. Okay. 23 Ouch. to 17. Rolling again. I've rolled a five. It's going in the right direction again. Nine. They take nine. We take two. So it's 21 to eight. Okay. And rolling. Well, I rolled a one. They take five. We take four. So that's that's the lowest we can do. Yeah, we have a plus three advantage. Uh, rolling. Well, last time I guess it's mathematically impossible for us to not kill them. I rolled a seven. How much damage should we take in the process? Uh, we take one. So we're down to sixteen life, but they are very dead. Extremely dead. Seeing their master slain, the Giasks falter and retreat towards the stern. Wait, where the fuck are they retreating to? Like, the stern. It, it's a boat. <laughs> Captain Kelman rallies his crew and attacks, leading his men against the snarling creatures and driving them back until they leap into the sea to avoid the rain of swords. Knowing the battle to be lost, the crown leave the masts and fly back to the distant coastline. Ah, thanks, Kai Lord, the captain says and shakes your hand. We are proud and thankful to have you with us. A cheer resounds along the deck as the crew voice their praise. Hey. You, you help tend uh, the wounded whilst repairs are carried out on the damaged masts. Within two hours they are complete, the wind fills the sails, and you continue your voyage to Durnar. Turn to page 240. <clears throat> After three uneventful days at sea, you find shipboard life rather dreary. If, if you have the kind discipline of healing, any endurance points that you may have lost on your adventure so far are restored. Oh, so oh, okay, full heal. Well, Alright. This is a good power. Uh, <laughs> if you do not possess the skill, restore half of any points you've lost in combat. On the afternoon of the fourth day, you're talking with an injured sla- sailor up on deck when you smell smoke seeping from the hold. <gasps> oh no. So, do we wish to enter the hold, uh, to shout fire, or to warn the captain? I don't see why I can't do all three simultaneously. Which do you do first? Like, this is a crisis. Like, do we jump in, shout fire, or go grab the captain? Jump in. You release the lock and slide the hatch cover. The sudden draught of air causes flames to billow out of the hold. You stumble backwards, clutching your burnt face. Lose two endurance points. Sam, always check the handle. (laughs) My bad. Backdraft, man. Other people shout fire. Fire, fire, the crowd goes up. In panic... The crew fights to put out the flames. It takes over an hour to control the blaze. The damage is considerable. The entire store of food and fresh water was in that hold, and the fires completely ruined both, as well as weakened the structure of the ship. As you stand surveying the wreckage, the captain approaches you, his face blackened by the smoke. He is carrying something in a bundle under his arm. We must talk in private, my lord, he says quietly. Without replying, you turn and follow him to his cabin. <laughs> Is this like in the Wrath of Khan, where like Scotty like comes up to the bridge holding his nephew who's dying? Kind of feels like that. 
After taking care to close the door, the captain opens the mysterious bundle and tips the contents onto his captain table. A large, charred earthenware jug and several blackened rags drop in a heap. They give off a strange, oily smell. This was no accidental fire, he says solemnly. This was an act of sabotage. The forward hold is a food store, yet I find this oil jug there and these soaked rags upon the floor. Someone on this ship is prepared to risk his life to stop us reaching Durinor. I, I want to stop and appreciate the picture for a second. It's like, a pretty nice picture. <laughs> what's what's with the... Are those just weirdly poofy shoulder pads on his things? Or, or does he have some amazing posture problems? I was trying to decipher this myself. It's like... Imagine, like, imagine a guy uh, just in, like, old-timey, puffy shoulder costumes and then lower the head by about a foot and a half down just, like, straight into his chest. Yeah, just, like, like, imagine a man standing normally, then imagine him kind of stooped over with his head down, then move it that distance again. Yeah, like, his, it's not that there's no neck on the sky, it's that there's no neck and his head is attached to the center of the collarbone. Also, nice belt buckle, dude. Yeah, that is a nice fancy belt buckle. Yeah. Came out kind of sarcastic, but I meant it. Uh, suddenly a cry from up on desk, uh, deck breaks a silence. Ship ahoy! Ship off Port Bow! Grabbing a sword and telescope, the captain disappears through the door and up the ladder to the deck above. If you wish to follow him, uh, turn to 175. If you would rather make a quick search of his cabin, turn to 315. Hmm. 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 I'm going to search his cabin. After like, all. There, there's going to be time. You know, there will be time to get back up. So I'm going to loot his cabin first. Especially because this gives us more time to heal from the face burning. Yeah, I mean, we're already healed, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we are now. Keeping one eye on the door, you quickly search the drawers of an ornate chart table. There does not appear to be anything unusual about the contents. You find mainly charts, island maps, and navigational instruments. You're about to abandon this fruitless search when you notice a small lever hidden beneath the tabletop. You push it, and a paddle flips open to reveal a small wooden box with a brass lock. And we have the Kai discipline of mind over matter. Heck yeah. You focus your concentration on the small brass lock. After a few seconds, you hear a faint click that tells you that the inner latch is now unlocked. Inside is a scroll bearing the royal seal of Summerland and containing confidential orders about your mission to Durinor. As you put the box back in its hiding place, you notice that a deadly trap has been hidden in the lid. Your Kai discipline has saved you from the swift death of a poison needle. Damn. Closing the drawers, you quickly check that nothing looks as though it has been disturbed before joining the captain on deck. Yeah, see? Okay. Yeah. That is instant death if you prize open the lock without mind over matter. Nice! It seems our bird has flown, says the captain, pointing to a longboat moving swiftly towards the ship on the horizon. She flies no flag, and her hull is of a strange shape. I've never seen before the like. You watch as the longboat reaches the mysterious ship. Uh, as if by magic, a sea fog appears from nowhere and engulfs the, the vessel. Moments later, both the ship and the fog have disappeared. And, and then we got another random draw. Great. Okay, so the back end of the trip, another RNGesus moment. Uh, zero to four and five to nine. Rolling. Five. The crew start to whisper. 
You hear the words, Ghost Ship and Cursed Voyage. But the muttering stops when the captain's voice booms out an order for all hands on deck. Only the creaking of the timbers can be heard as Captain Kelman climbs to the rear deck to address the crew. Men, we're three days sail from Port Bax. Come on. The fire has robbed us of our provisions and our fresh water has been fouled. We shall have to steer a new course for Ragadorn where we shall make good our repairs and replenish our stores. That's all. Wait, we're three days. Yeah. Like, okay, I don't want to be mean, but. But find like the shittiest couple guys on the ship, kill them and devour them for two days. I feel like you could look. Okay. It's probably ruined most of the food, but you could like have scraps for like three days. The water is more of a problem, but I do think that you could drink your piss. Uh, I mean, that I think that's bad long term, but maybe three days. Yeah, like, okay, I'm Googling how long can you drink your piss? Oh, you're, you're Google, not mine, man. And I am not in an incognito tab. Why would you be? What's the point? Okay, so, Harry, um... This is the I, I typed in how long for. can you drink your... So, the top, like, results. How long can you drink your own urine? How many days can you drink your own pee? How many days can you drink pee? How long can you drink before your liver damage? Not liver gets damaged, just before your liver damage. How long can you drink after after getting your wisdom teeth out? How long after your drink can you take your temperature? How long is one drink in your system? But yeah, yeah. Definitely, like, the top half of the results all about drinking your own piss. So, how long can you drink your own urine? Dot, dot, dot. How long can you survive by drinking pee an extra day or two at best? See? See? Uh, a healthy person's urine is about 95% water and sterile. So, in the short term, it's safe to drink and does replenish lost water. Good to know. <laughs> The crew seemed pleased by this announcement and set about their duties with renewed vigor. <laughs> then the captain turns to you. We're about eight hours from Brigadorn, my, my lord. My orders are to see you safely to Port Bax and pass you into the care of the Summerlanding Consul, Lord Lieutenant Rygar. But time is not our ally, and I fear the repairs may take a week or more to complete. How long is this? When we drop anchor, you will have to find your own route to Durner by sea with us or alone by the coast road. As you return to your cabin, the king's words haunt your thoughts. Forty days, Lone Wolf. We only have strength to stand against them for forty days. You do not have long to complete your dangerous mission. Like, By the way, forty days is incredibly specific. You're in a pitched battle. You shouldn't know that specifically I mean, how long until your guys fail. He might be talking about like how long they have rations for, like if they just batten down and don't replenish. Like, that's how long we can stretch our food for, and after that, we'll be tired and won't be able to fight them. Like, he, he might be doing, like, siege math. But he, he's doing the pee-drinking math himself. Lots of pee-drinking. Lot, lots of pee-drinking in this episode. <laughs> Turn to page 197. As dawn breaks, a fierce storm rises, and you are awoken by the violent rocking of the ship. The floor of your cabin is awash and the shouts of the crew can hardly be heard above the howling wind. You quickly dress, gather up your equipment, and make your way to the deck. <sighs> uh, you're soon joined by the captain, who takes hold of your arm and orders you to return to your cabin. Suddenly, as you start to go down, there's a thunderous crack as, high up in the rigging, part of the mast snaps. 
You look up to see the shattered pole falling towards you. Pick a number from the random number table. Damn. Like, okay, so we have one through four, and then five through nine, and then zero. Harry, is zero instant death? Roll and find out. Okay, I'm rolling. I rolled an eight. Okay, uh, for the record, yep. Oh, damn. Okay, so let's find out what eight is at page 141. As as the mast smashes into the deck, a splintered beam hits your head and you are knocked overboard. <gasps> Gasping for air, you fight your way to the surface and catch hold of a hatch cover. You're half stunned, you lose two endurance points. You know, I... I probably shouldn't point this out, but this is one of those weird situations where we're getting, like, a good chunk of our endurance points from a heavy metal chain shirt. Well, uh, keep, you pull yourself onto the makeshift raft and cling to it with all your strength. If you're wearing a chainmail waistcoat, you must discard it now or otherwise you'll be drowned for sure. Oh, motherfucker. I mean... Motherfucker. Well, as you feel dizzy and sick... Uh, as the heaving sea buffets you relentlessly, you gradually slip into unconsciousness. When you wake many hours later, the storm has passed. By the position of the sun, you judge it to be late afternoon. In the distance, you can see a small fishing boat, and beyond it, on the horizon, land. The only trace of the green scepter is the hatch cover on which you now sit. Uh, Okay, I do just want to point out, like, I'm pissed that they took her chain shirt, but also impressed... That they did the calculations and made us get rid of it. So, if you wish to use your cloak to try to signal to the fishing boat, turn to 278. If you wish to ignore the boat and battle and paddle towards the shore, turn to 337. 278. Let us signal the fishing boat. You desperately wave your kai cloak above your head until you're due to exhaustion. It's another random roll. Oh, god damn it. Okay, 0 through 6, turn to 41, 7 through 9, 180. I'm assuming 7 through 9 is they don't see us and we die from heat stroke. But <laughs> let's find out. Random it is. Oh, I rolled a 10. So, okay, so that would be 0. So, page 41. All right, your go. You are in luck. For the boat has seen your distress signal and is heading towards you. It is a small fishing boat from the port of Regidorn. The fishermen are a rough-looking bunch, but they wrap you in a war blanket and offer you some food. The captain suggests that you sleep, as it will be two or three hours before they arrive back in Ragadorn. If you wish to take an advice, uh, restore one endurance point and turn to 194. If you prefer to stay awake and keep watch for any other survivors of the storm, turn to 251. Uh, I mean, it... For the record, we're back full endurance. Yeah, yeah. We, we have healing, so... I mean, we would know that we our healing abilities have kind of restored us. So, 251. It's nearly dark when the small fishing boat passes through the harbor entrance of Regidorn. You have still seen no sign of survivors from the storm, and you fear the worst. You notice that three of the fishermen are acting very suspiciously. They whisper to each other, and their eyes often glance at your money pouch. As the boat sails into the estuary of the River Dorn, they surround you and demand that you hand over all your gold. You're about to fight them when an unexpected blow from behind knocks you to the deck. You see one of the fishermen raise his boot. As it strikes your head, suddenly everything fades into darkness. Concussion count! Two! What the fuck? When you awake, you are shocked to find yourself lying beneath a wooden jetty, and the shallow water surrounding you fills your nostrils with a foul stench. As you stand, uh, your head throbs violently, as if you had been knocked unconscious. This is... 
<laughs> yeah, we were. We were. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the, the next slide. Yeah, CTE. Um, this is exactly what happened to you. And your gold, your backpack, your weapon. Everything has been stolen by the fishermen. <gasps> With a groan of despair, you climb out of the slimy water and pull yourself onto the jetty. Looking up, you see a faded sign. Welcome to Regidorn. You fear the rumors about this place are true. It is nearly dark, and it has started to rain. You must find the seal if you are to persuade the Duranus to give you the summer sword. Uh, looking around, you see a large market square with a stone signpost in the center, indicating the various roads that lead off the square. If you wish to go east along Barnacle Street, turn to 215. If you wish to go south along East Bank Wharf, turn to 303. If you wish to go north along Booty Walk... Booty walk it is. Uh, the, the other one is looking for the fishing boat, but booty walk. Uh, there is a footnote at the bottom. In the collector's edition, you do not lose any of your special items except for the seal of Hammerdahl. You may choose to follow these instructions instead. Nah, nah. They fucking we, we don't have. We don't have any other special items. Like, I think that... So there's a character we could have met in the first book that would give a special item to kind of uh, mark that we'd met him. So, like, later on, it would, like, show that. So I think that's what it's talking about. Okay. But anyway, booty walk! You pass several narrow warehouses lining the waterfront and reach the harbor wall. Here, the road bears sharply to the right into Tube Street. Marching along the center of the street are four heavily armed city guards. Rather than be stopped and possibly arrested by these soldiers, you dodge into an alleyway off to your right. The guards suddenly halt opposite the alley entrance. If one of them should turn his head, you'll be spotted for sure. Unless you have camouflage. Behind you is the small window leading into a crowded tavern. Without a second's hesitation, you climb through the window as quickly as possible. The tavern is full of brigands and drunks. Uh, the good-for-nothing crews of trading ships moored at the jetty, all singing and drinking while some try their strength at arm wrestling. All are so engrossed that nobody notices you enter. In a far corner, you see the fishermen that robbed you. They're seated at a round table covered with empty ale tankards. You know that if you are to reach Durinor in time, you must retrieve the seal of Hammerdahl and your gold. If you wish to confront the fishermen, turn to one of four. If you wish to talk to the innkeeper of the bar, turn to page 342. If you wish to try and win some cold crowns at arm wrestling, turn to 276. What? We see them. They have our shit. Confront the fishermen. The fishermen stare at you with open mouths, as if they have just seen a corpse return from the dead. Suddenly, one of them kicks over the table, and they make their escape through the back door of the tavern. In one bound, you leap over, you leap over the table and pursue them out of the tavern, into the darkness beyond. If you wish to continue the chase. So, if you wish to continue your chase, or if you decide to let them go. We, we probably don't need to say the numbers. Yeah. I mean, keep chasing them. Like, why would we choose to let them go? I'm going to click on that just assuming, just to verify that it's a fail state. But yeah, of course, we're continuing to chase them. Now, now you go back and you can enter the contest or talk with the innkeeper. Great. Okay, keep chasing them. 231. The back door opens onto a small square in the center of which is a large tomb. The fishermen have disappeared into the gloomy streets. All that is except one who has slipped on wet cobblestones and knocked himself out. He is lying in the gutter with his face submerged in a puddle. Oh, did he drown himself? Uh, no, it's just, it, 
concussions come quick in this world. You roll him over with your foot and search him. You discover five gold crowns, a dagger, and to your great relief, the seal of Hammerdahl on his finger. Uh, mark on your action chart those items and uh, take with you and continue. If you have the Kai discipline of tracking, if you wish to return to the tavern, if you wish to study the tomb, which to head along the tomb street, if you wish to head east along the watchtower street, um, we don't have tracking. Okay, so we, I mean, we have the Seal of Hammerdahl. So what else are we really missing at this point? Like, a spear. Uh, actually, a spear, a shield. That's some good shit. Um, let's see, did they, they said they went into the tomb? Oh, they disappeared into the gloomy streets. I mean, we could check the tomb. Maybe they went in there. We could go to the tomb or along Tomb Street or Watchtower Street or back to the tavern. Your call. I'm going to say go to Tomb Street for one specific reason. That page is 253. Uh, in the street, the, the street follows the harbor wall towards the River Dorn, where it then turns south into Booty Walk. Booty Walk! <laughs> As you pass the warehouses lighting the waterfront, you recognize the stone signpost in the center of the square ahead. If you wish to continue south, turn to 303. If you wish to walk along Barnacle Street and return to the tavern, turn to 177. South to Booty Walk. Uh, piles of rotting garbage litter this stretch of the waterfront, giving off such an evil smell that you are forced to cover your mouth and nose with your cloak. Uh, ahead to your left, you notice the glow of torchlight streaming from an open door. Above the door is a sign. Uh, Regidorn Trading Post, merchandise bought and sold. If you wish to enter the trading post, 173. If you wish to continue your way south, 18. Hmm. Hum. Hum. Yeah. Enter Trading Post. You enter Magnificent Emporium, in which are displayed some of the finest goods of Northern Magnamund. Even at this late hour, the Trading Post is busy, as captains and rich merchants haggle over the sale or exchange of their cargoes. The owner of the Trading Post appears to be a young warrior, who presides over the auction of goods from an ornate chair held up by four massive chains. His men are all dressed in black armor, and on their shields they bear the emblem of a black ship on a red crest. Then, by chance... He knows a small boy steal a money pouch from the belt of a merchant and slip it into his boot. If you decide to grab the boy and make him hand back the pouch, uh, go there. If you follow the boy outside and steal the pouch from him. Or if you just ignore what you've seen and examine the goods for sale, turn here. Ignore him. Like, you know, hey, he's just making a living. <laughs> you just give him a nod, you know, game recognize game. Uh, 283. You stare in awe at the variety of merchandise, silk and spices from the opulent bazaars of Vizagonia, uh, jewels from the mines of Boar, the finest weapons and armor from the smithies of Durinor, the furs uh, from the Brummelark of the Kalti, <laughs> cloth from Cloatia, and all kinds of food and drink cover the tables. Near the center of the trading post, you notice that the prices are displayed on large pieces of stretched vellum. Uh, one of these signs in particular catches your eye. And there are items listed. Swords, daggers, broadswords, spears, fine foods, gold rings, fur blankets, backpacks. All right. Technically, we lost our backpack, so I think we need to get one to have an inventory. Uh, and the thief didn't have one. But I, I'm going to... Because a dagger costs two gold. 
So I would be willing to house roll to say we could sell it for one and get a backpack with that. Yeah, let's do that. So, because and I'm assuming you want to buy a spear. So spear and backpack for five gold and a dagger. So turn to page two forty five after we have made such trades. Uh, there's a weapon smithy. Um, we have no gold, so let's continue to walk east. You soon reach the end of Oxyoke Way, where it's crossed by another street running north to south. It's now so dark that you are unable to read the street signs. You must find shelter for the night. To your right, you see a light above a sign. Regidorn Stables and Coach Station. Under cover of the dark, you enter by a side entrance and spend the night safely hidden in the hayloft. Uh, you awake at dawn to the sound of a shrill cockcrow. Uh, you can see the crooked streets of Regidorn through a veil of heavy rain beating down on the cobblestones outside. It has been six days since you left Holmgard, and there are still 200 miles from Port Bax. You're in the loft of a very large coach station. A group of green-clad men have arrived and started to clean out one of the coaches. You overhear one of them say that the coach leaves for Port Bax at 1 o'clock this afternoon, and that the journey will take seven days. You're hungry and must eat a meal here or lose three endurance. But we don't have to eat. I assume we hunt down some rats and just, like, chomp on them. We tried to talk to them, like we tried to express our kinship, but then we ate them. There's just there's just a hobo like who smells like the sea in the rafters the hunting rats with a spear. <laughs> After the meal, if you decide to approach uh, the coachman and ask to buy a ticket for journey to Port Bax, um, turn to one thirty six. If you would rather descend the ladder to the street outside, turn to two thirty eight. Uh fuck. So they're going to Port Bax. We have no money. We do have the seal of Hammerdahl. I'm going to approach these men. 136. The fare to Port Bax is 20 gold crowns, says the coachman in a gruff Regidorian accent. If you don't have the money for the fare, turn here. Okay, they're not willing to compromise even though the kingdom is at risk. Turn to page 238, the same page from before, if we just decide to go outside. Opposite the coach station is a narrow street leading to a gaming house with a side outside. No weapons allowed inside. Eric, is this book just all side quests? Maybe. You're excited by the chance of being able to win some gold, and you quickly enter. Any weapons you may have must be left outside with a guard at the door. You can recover your weapons when you decide to leave. Do not erase them from your action chart. You're given a silver token worth one gold crown. That can only be used in this gaming house. You only receive the free silver token once, because there are ways to, like, loop around in this book. I see. Okay, so the entrance hall opens out into a huge room where uh, many gambling games are in progress. One that catches your eye is the cartwheel. Uh, At one of the long table, an attractive young woman spins a black dish divided into ten sections marked zero through nine. As the dish spins, she drops a small silver ball into it, which eventually Oh, I see where this is going. She comes into rest in one of the numbered sections. Several merchants are seated around the table, and they are betting heavily on the fall of the silver ball. To play cartwheel, you must first decide the number you would like to bet on and just how many gold crowns you would like to stake. Make a note of these numbers and then pick a number from the RN uh, Jesus table. If you pick exactly the same number, win eight gold crowns for every one gold crown that you gamble. If the number you pick is immediately before or after the correct choice... You win five gold crown for every one that you uh, put at the stake. So, okay. 
throwing it out there. Bad gambling house. Bad. Very bad. Like, that... That is not an efficient bet. Like, if you just, like, ate for a win with one stake, yeah, that's fine. That is house odds. But by having five payout on either side, you are losing money on this. Yeah, if you put one gold crown on every spot, you would... Every time, you would get 18 gold crowns. I think we've broken this game, Harry. Uh, well, you may well, play... to be, well, we have one gold crown, though. So... Uh, you may play as many rounds of cartwheel as you wish up until you either lose all your gold crowns or you decide to pick up your winnings maximum 40 gold crowns. I thought that there was going to be an option to use our subtle telekinesis. It seems like this this entire scenario was designed for a person who had subtle telekinesis. Yeah, that is bullshit. Hold on, let's house rule this. Um, Let's say we can move the result by one I'm also realizing, Harry. Um, okay, just throwing it out there. We could, as soon as we get five coins, we could place a bet every other square. So if we win once and we're like, you know, off by one and get five coins, then we put like five coins down on the board we will either win 10 gold or 8 gold. So basically, if we make money with this first bet, we will just say we get the maximum amount, which is 40 gold crowns. Okay, so there's a 50-50 shot? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do it. What's your um, number, Sam? Pick a number. I am going to pick number 5. Roll random. Seven. So. We that mind is over matter it into yes, six. We, and we get five coins. And then we immediately get 40 coins. Immediately. <laughs> Hooray! Because we understand game design. And this casino does not. Like, Harry, this casino is hemorrhaging money. Alright. So we have 40 coins now. Alright. Uh, then we got another chance to go to the coachman and ask to buy a ticket. So are we just doing that? Um. Yeah. Uh. Probably. So, one thirty-six. Uh, still twenty gold crowns. Says Coachman in a gruff reg Regidornian accent. Mm-hmm. Uh. So turn to Ted. You pocket the ticket, and the man takes you to a coach that is awaiting, uh, near the east gate of the seaport. It is empty, and you take a seat. God, Harry. Like, if we place a coin every other square on there we actually don't want to hit it because if we hit it we get eight coins but if we miss it by one twice we get ten it it doesn't matter because at that point we could just we're always we're making money on every bet we we should be consultants for this casino yeah well to be fair it's probably like an old-timey casino that just cheats a bunch like the odds are appear to be good but then they're just gonna cheat you or like rob you when you leave you know they get you drunk like they take the winners like hey i'm a winner they let him yell for a little while and then someone stabs him in the back and takes all the money back okay so we got the ticket uh so uh we saw our equipment beneath the seat we settle back in comfort and doze off when we're awake there are five other passengers and the journey to dornor has already begun uh 
did we want to stop here? Because I think there's actually a good bit more book left, and this is kind of a... This is a good, good pausing point. Yeah. So we have 20 gold, we have a spear, a backpack, we're good to go. Yeah, we got a ticket. Yay! We got a golden ticket. We got a regular ticket. Yes. Okay. We will conclude this book next time. Uh, well, not next time, because next time we're doing an amount of Doom Patrol. Maybe more than before, because we're changing the format. Yay! Uh, but until then, Harry, what are we going to keep doing? We're going to keep dancing.